A really common phrase in the exchange of wedding vows is, till death do us part. And when one spouse decides to break that promise and gets uh, involved in an extramarital affair, it's the worst kind of betrayal. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Greg, you've seen a lot of couples kind of break apart because of affairs. What are some of the reasons you think that um, lead to the betrayal of that vow? Yeah, research is very, very clear that the biggest reason why people get involved in an affair is there's a sense of emotional disconnection from their spouse. So they're they're left feeling unappreciated, you know, unloved, ignored, um, and, and really lonely. And, you know, when we got married, we didn't get married to hopefully feel alone. We This is our best friend. I mean, this is someone we want to feel this deep sense of connection. And so that loneliness often drives then a, a real susceptibility towards if any other person then starts to, you know, show interest or, you know, is validating me, encouraging me, um, affirming me, whatever it is, boy, I'll really get drawn to that. And so often then that leads to more of an emotional affair that usually then turns into a physical affair. Mm-hmm. Now, now let's go ahead and hear more of a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. Um, last time, Cheryl explained how she opened up to another man about her marriage problems. And now she describes what happened after that. Cheryl, when you look at that fork in the road, and you mentioned it, but there are probably women and men uh, in the work environment listening to us now mm-hmm. that they're at that fork in the road. When you look back on that, um, trying to override those emotions that you're feeling, connecting with this person emotionally, which was the void you were feeling at the time, what could you have done differently? Um, <laughs> you know, And yeah. would it have even been possible at that moment when you think yeah. about it? Well, uh, now I know what I could have done differently, and I chose not to. But I was very weak at that point. Um, I was deceived, and I didn't. I just. I I had no boundaries. Um, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be talking to a man alone. I wasn't to share my deepest, darkest heart with with a man. Um, So I know all that now. uh, But that would be one of the things. And then I knew throughout that evening that I needed to be walking away from it. Mm. And I didn't. How long then did this go? I mean, you went now another few months or another uh, year or two? Or how long did that affair, in essence, how long did it occur? So Jeff and I went back to our normal life when I got back. Uh, I started talking to this man on the phone that Monday. And we started talking two or three hours a day on the telephone from the office. And what was developing there was was a connection and a relationship. And I literally thought that I was falling in love with someone. Mm. And if you think about that, um, how can you fall in love with someone over the telephone? But anyway, that's where I was at that point. This was in March of 1990, in April of 1990. He intentionally got a flight to L.A. Uh, We met at a hotel. And that's when it became a full-blown adulterous affair. Um, And that was a month after we had had that conversation. That same week, a lot of things happened. I I went to Jeff, and I told him that I didn't know if I loved him, and I didn't know if I wanted to stay married. Uh, I didn't know if I had ever loved him. And um, Mm. And, we were quite shocked by that. (laughs) And Jeff, this is the first, that that comment that Cheryl made, that would have been the first inclination that there was a problem. 
Right. During I mean, that month, you did not have any idea. I was that, totally clueless. Was there something you missed? I mean, as a man uh, helping know, I, other men, mm-hmm. what I mean, did you I, miss? I shouldn't say I was totally clueless. I did notice around that time that there was a little distance between us, and I asked her if we could go to counseling, and um, we actually did go to counseling twice, but, and, but the counselor in Los Angeles uh, told me I was wasting my time, that her heart wasn't into it. And then it wasn't long after that. I mean, Cheryl can probably tell you exactly when, but it was maybe a month. And I got transferred to Dallas with my job. So we were picking up and moving to Dallas. So I thought, well, maybe this is what we need. Maybe we need a fresh start, a new city, you know, get away from that lifestyle. And, and, and maybe, maybe that will be what will make things better. You know? I, I can only imagine, Cheryl, at that point, you're mm-hmm. questioning whether or not you want to go. Right. Yeah. I definitely questioned it. And... I didn't see any other choice. Actually, the way I felt was I'm leaving this new love, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I was very family oriented, loved being married, you know, loved having the girls and the family and all of that. And so I literally thought eventually, oh my gosh, this is a relief. We can get to Dallas. We can start over. Jeff won't have to know about any of this. Because you and, hadn't told him anything no, about this other man. I, I, no. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I, w- I was petrified to talk to him about it. And that, again, is where our relationship wasn't strong because I should have been able to go to him and say, hey, I've been tempted. And re- really right at the beginning, because maybe the hotel situation wouldn't have happened right. if I was able to go to him and, and share. But I was I was scared to death. I, I was just scared, I guess, that... He would leave me or, you know, I don't know, take my kids. I I don't know what I was thinking. Cheryl, you're saying something so important. I want to kind of stop us all and think about it. What you're saying is that if you felt uh, greater security in the relationship, Mm -hmm. and and Jeff, I'm sure this isn't just a reflection on your relationship. I mean, all of us have moments, I think, in our marriages where, you know, there's a lack of of security. That I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if I share that with my spouse, Mm -hmm. if he or she will respond. But you're saying if you had that at that moment, Mm -hmm. you think most, if not all of this may have been avoided if you could have talked about it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people fail to recognize the wisdom of that? Why did you fail in that way? Well, honestly, it's probably a couple of things. One is fear. That would have been the first thing. I was fearful of talking to him. I I was fearful of my dad growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable talking to him about things. And then the other part, honestly, if I'm, you know, being very frank here, is that I enjoyed what was going on. Mm. And I felt a connection and I really wanted to explore that. It was meeting a need. Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, this is heavy stuff that Cheryl and Jeff have been uh, sharing about. Let's flip the coin a bit, if you will, look at the other side of this. How about the person who's already involved in an affair and they're unrepentant. They don't care. How can the the spouse who's been hurt respond to that? That's a tough one, John, because, you know, that's difficult to know you're being rejected, that your spouse is acting outside of the marriage, but yet they're unrepentant. So then what do you do? How do you show up as the one that's being offended? How do you show up and take great care of yourself because that's going to hurt deeply and have a deep emotional impact. And so that's what I, I would encourage them to do is really figure out how do I show up for me amidst this difficult season? Mm-hmm. How do I surround myself with godly, safe friends who are going to support me while I wait? 
maybe it's setting a boundary and you know going towards a healing separation a healing separation is a time that we take a step back and we really work on our individual selves well, and so, all, all of this is really tough stuff though yes it is it is and it's looking at how do i become the best version of me and so often that includes going to counseling getting a mentor spending time in god's word and really allowing him to minister to us and carry us through this difficult time mm-hmm. Well, we want to be sensitive to where you might be, and if you're struggling, uh, we have caring Christian counselors here, and please reach out to us. Let us know how we can be of service to you. Uh, We do have so much available to you online. Uh, Greg and Aaron and their team have a number of articles that we'll point to. One is how to recognize where your marriage is vulnerable to an affair, and we're going to link over to that specific article in the show notes. For more about uh, the story of Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs and their marriage and divorce and remarriage, be sure to donate as you can and request that book, I Do Again. Uh, We're making that book available for a gift of any amount or a monthly pledge of any amount. And the details are in the show notes. Next time, we're going to hear from Dave and Kirsten Samuel explain how they found hope in a broken relationship. For the Smallies and our entire team, thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Mm